This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. I've got a special guest today, former U.S. Navy F-18 pilot and board member at Veterans for Responsible Leadership, Mike Smith. We're talking about the complicity of today's GOP in excusing the brutality of Vladimir Putin. First, I want to share this clip of Tucker Carlson defending Putin for the murder of Alexei Navalny. You didn't talk about freedom of speech in, in Russia. You did not talk about Navalny, about assassinations, about, about the restrictions on uh, opposition in the coming uh, elections. I didn't talk about the things that every other American media outlet talks about. Why? Yes, this because is those are covered. And because I have spent my life talking to people who run countries in various countries and have mm. concluded the following, that every leader kills people including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people. Sorry. That's why I wouldn't want to be a leader. So, Mike Smith, you were a F-18 pilot deployed in uh, support of multiple operations, fought for your country. You're a board member at VFRL. I suspect you feel the same way I do, that maybe the most shocking thing about the assassination of Navalny was not that a brutal dictator, Vladimir Putin in Russia, oft his most serious political rival, but that within hours, within hours, the GOP and its enablers in this country were making excuses for it, like we just saw Tucker Carlson do. How does that hit you? Yeah, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that uh, that Putin would act like a Stalinist. There's a long uh, tradition uh, of that behavior from that guy. Um, the part that is always shocking to me um, and kind of continuously dismays me about um, where we are as a country is, is the fact that like there isn't a a stronger condemnation of this of the stuff that's coming from Putin. You see people like Tucker Carlson, um, who pretends to be a um, a journalist, but is really just a propagandist um, and has defended himself in court as such, um, acting like he's he's doing the you know the good work of journalism when in real reality he's He's creating a smokescreen for some really awful stuff, um, and it, it disappoints me. And it's not just the foot soldiers of the GOP. It's not just the mouthpieces like Tucker Carlson. The rot starts at the very top. I'm going to read you this post by the former president himself on Truth Social in the immediate aftermath of the assassination of Alexei Navalny, I think one of the century's bravest freedom fighters. In response, Donald Trump wrote, the sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. It is a slow, steady progression with crooked, radical left politicians, prosecutors, and judges leading us down a path to destruction. Open borders, regulations, on and on and on. Just a litany of criticism of America, not a word about the assassination of this freedom fighter in Russia. Alexei Navalny is uh, the kind of person that I think we should all, like, if we were ever to be tested, we would hope that we could we could live up to that standard. He's just an amazing person, and and you know, 
bring him peace in, the, in, in his next life. Um, he's, I mean, frankly, he's, he was like the kind of guy that you should make a movie about. He's, he's like Braveheart in real, in the real world. Um, not hundreds of years ago, but right now the guy was knew he was facing certain death when he went back to Russia and he did it anyways, because he believed in the cause of democracy and he believed, um, in Russia being better than what it was. And I think that the Republican party here in the United States, uh, especially it's federally elected representatives and the people that are, are at that level are far worse than the people that they represent. I think that they have been captured by a, like a really aggressive and, and virulent minority of their party. Um, and as a result, they're left with nothing but the most extreme profiles. Um, and that includes throwing a guy like Navalny under the bus, um, in order to make a small and, and pathetic political point. Um, and frankly, it didn't even land. So that just shows you what a, a what a weak person Donald Trump really is. You said that the leaders of the Republican Party today are worse than the people that they lead, worse than the people who elect them. And I think you're right. And there's this phrase that keeps coming up um, when when it comes to the manipulation of American politicians by Putin and, and our enemies, especially enemies overseas. People keep referring to the useful idiots. I think it's much worse than that because Tucker Carlson's not an idiot. Mike Johnson is not an idiot. The fact that they know exactly what they're doing, they know that it hurts America. They know that it aids a brutal dictator. That makes them much worse than useful idiots. Uh, right on the nose. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned in uh, my time in the service is about how important ethics are to leadership. Um, and circling back to the, the thing that you started with at the top um, is about that he doesn't really know what leadership is. If he thinks that like leadership's about killing people, uh, leadership is actually is about leading people. It's about inspiring people. It's about doing better. Um, I come from the, the school where, you know, right makes might and not the other way around. And um, I know the, a lot of the people that I served with when I was in the service, some of them were pretty politically conservative, but they were good people. And I know that they're better than what our political representation um, is showing right now. Besides the tragic death of this inspirational figure, what does abetting Putin's Russia do to America's national security? What does the GOP caucus in the House's dithering over Ukraine do to America's security? What does the failure to condemn this kind of lawlessness inside Russia's borders, the assassination of a political opponent due to America's security? Uh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, is that uh, uh, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. And those that do are doomed as uh, to watch others repeat it for you. Um, and so we're seeing a little bit of that repeat. We see what happened the last time America first came around and Charles Lindbergh was talking about the importance of taking care of people inside of our own borders, but not really spending that much effort on it and, you know, letting foreign uh, countries do what they want. And in the end, we ended up getting dragged into the most devastating war in the history of humanity. Um, and that's the consequences that we're facing here. Um, this is this is serious. America is the indispensable nation. When we fall over, there's nobody left to pick up the pieces. Um, and we have historically stood for uh, the right thing and for democracy around the world, the right of, of self-determination. And there's an Orwellian aspect of allowing uh, Russia to invade a foreign 
uh, a country, a, a, a sovereign state in the form of Ukraine and saying that's somehow defensive. Uh, there's an Orwellian aspect of saying like that, you know, it's the Russian people are allowing that to, to happen. This is really just a perversion of, of, of truth. Um, and there's an irony in that the former president refers to his social media uh, platform as truth social when it's anything but. Thanks for watching, everyone. Between now and the election, I'm going to highlight a handful of critical pro-democracy efforts that I want you to know about. The first of these is Veterans for Responsible Leadership, or VFRL. It's an organization on the front lines of the battle to protect our democratic safeguards and to hold accountable those who would dismantle them. VFRL's number one priority between now and November is preventing Donald Trump from being reelected. As an organization led by veterans, VFRL is bringing to bear all that experience and credibility to persuade other veterans and military family members that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote that undermines the very constitution that those in the military swore to uphold. Here's where VFRL needs your help. If you are a veteran or a family member of one, and if you're looking for ways to make meaningful contributions between now and November, go to VFRL.org. The team there is working on a number of critical initiatives that will make a difference in the coming presidential election. But they need more veteran voices and more volunteers. If you're up for it, go to VFRL.org and sign up. I'll have more updates in the coming months on what they have planned, but trust me, it'll be worth your time. Thanks. What is so twisted about this turn within the Republican Party, this embracing of, of Putin, is that it used to be that the GOP was the party of anti-communist hawkishness. I grew up in a military family, spent most of my formative years overseas on military bases on the front lines of the Cold War. My dad was an F-4 pilot uh, and, and a rock-solid Republican because of the Reagan stance on communism and Russia. And to see that completely flipped, it, it, I mean, it's tough to process. It's tough to understand how the Republican Party, within the span of just a couple of years, it didn't even it didn't take a whole generation. It took the term of one egotistical president to completely turn the party inside out on this issue vis-a-vis -vis Russia. Yeah, there's it's kind of shocking. It goes even further back than Reagan. I mean, Eisenhower um, and his vice president Nixon were, you know, staunch. I, uh, you know, anti-Soviet uh, uh, folks. So it goes back a long way. And like when I talk to friends of mine, conservatives now um, that are with a little bit more uh, memory than, you know, maybe some of the younger generations, it, that's the part that shocks them the most. It's just like they they don't understand, like in their belief in small government and their belief in, you know, independent liberty or individual liberty, like they can't circle that or square that circle when it comes to like, wait, hold on, we're going to like allow an authoritarian to to trash democracy, both an authoritarian, a foreign authoritarian in the form of, of Putin and a, and a domestic authoritarian in the form of, of his puppet, you know, Trump. Like it just it, it shocks the consciousness and it's it's bewildering to see how quickly it happened. You know, John Stewart, I think, has the best and briefest explanation of why this is happening. And it's about oppositional framing, identifying the right enemy for the moment 
And for Tucker and his ilk, John Stewart's word, it's this vague notion of wokeism. And as long as a, someone like Putin is an ally in the fight against whatever wokeism is, they'll do whatever they have to 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 keep on his good side. I want to play this this clip of John Stewart laying it out and then we'll pick it up. Our leaders. That's how I feel anyway. Radicalized. Radicalized. And it will radicalize you unless you understand basic economics. See, $104 for groceries sounds like a great bargain unless you realize Russians earn less than $200 a week. But that's the kind of context that a, what did you call yourself earlier? A journalist would have provided. But here's the reality. You f***ing know all this because you aren't as dumb as your face would have us believe. Perhaps if your handlers had allowed, you would have seen there is a hidden fee to your cheap groceries and orderly streets. Ask Alexei Navalny or any of his supporters. In Vladimir Putin's Russia, political repression is everywhere. And hundreds have been arrested for daring to honor Navalny so publicly. Right. Because the difference between our urinal-caked, chaotic subways and your candelabraed, beautiful subways is the literal price of freedom. But the goal that Carlson and his ilk are pushing is that there's really no difference between our systems. In fact, theirs might be a little bit better. The question is, why? Why is Tucker doing this? Here's why. It's because the old civilizational battle was communism versus capitalism. That what drove the world since World War II. Russia was the enemy then. But now they think the battle is woke versus unwoke. And in that fight, Putin is an ally to the right. He's their friend. Unfortunately, he is also a brutal and ruthless dictator. So now they have to make Americans a little more comfortable with that. I mean, liberty is nice, but have you seen Russia's shopping carts? <laughs> and Tucker would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling assassins. In a statement to The New York Times, Carlson said, quote, it is horrifying what happened to Navalny. The whole thing is barbaric and awful. No decent person would defend it. Correct. No decent person would. So I think that summarizes it. I think John Stewart is absolutely right. And it goes back to this idea that Tucker is not a useful idiot. Mike Johnson is not a useful idiot. So much of the Republican Party today know exactly what they are doing. They're 100% complicit. I mean, like this, they, if you have no ethical underpinning, uh, then the, the quest for power uh, can seem like the reason to do it. It's a might makes right uh, mindset. There's just there's there's just nothing else there other than a lack of ethics. Yeah, probably the most heartbreaking aspect of this whole saga beyond the damage it's doing to to Russia's future, beyond the damage it's doing to our politics is the family that Alexei Navalny left behind. I want to end with this message that he left for his countrymen in Russian during an English language interview, but the interviewer said, I want you to speak to your countrymen about what happens when they kill you. Roll the clip. Um, uh, my message 
for the uh, situation when I am killed is very simple, not give up. Do me a favor, answer this one in Russian. И здесь у меня просто очевидная вещь. Ну, не сдавайтесь. Не надо, нельзя сдаваться. Если это произошло, это означает, что мы необыкновенно сильны в этот момент, раз они решили меня убить. Ну и нужно использовать эту силу. Не сдаваться. Помните о том, что мы огромная сила, которая находится под гнетом вот этих вот чуваков плохих, лишь потому что ну, мы не можем осознать, насколько действительно мы сильны. Все, что нужно для торжества зла, это бездействие добрых людей. Поэтому бездействовать не надо.